You're listening to Season 8, Episode Number 1 of Strike the Match. In this episode, I talk about theology of mission and where we're going in this season. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with teacher and missiologist Dr. J.D. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. Well, hey there, listeners. Thank you so much for checking out Season 8, Episode Number 1 of Strike the Match. It's great to be back with you once again. To my listeners in the United States, I wanted to launch this season at this time because we are only a few days away from Thanksgiving. And I wanted to provide you with some audio pleasures for your commute to Grandma's house this week for Thanksgiving turkey and cranberry sauce. And so I'm hoping that uh, I can go along with you on your journey, whether you are driving, whether you are flying, that uh, this may be of, of some blessing to you. Also, to my listeners that are throughout the world, wow, I am so, so thankful uh, and never imagined uh, the reach of this podcast. I'm so thankful that uh, you are listening in the various uh, contexts in which you find yourself. I am thankful that uh, this resource is also uh, being a blessing to you in your ministry as you share the gospel in a variety of different cultural settings in a, in a multitude of geographical locations across the world. So thank you so much for listening and uh, I hope you will continue to do so. Hey, at the outset of this season, if you are not a subscriber to Strike the Match, I want to encourage you to do so at this time. That way you will not miss any of the episodes that will be uh, addressed this uh, eighth season. And so uh, let me encourage you to subscribe. I greatly appreciate that. And, uh, and please share. Please share this resource with, with others. I am... So honored whenever my listeners do that. That means a great deal uh, to me. And so just wanted to say uh, those words of announcement uh, to you at the outset of this season. Hey, longtime listeners, I also want to say thank you for your prayers and for your words of encouragement over the past several months. Uh, As you well know, uh, those of you that have been a part of this journey in season seven or Uh, track with me on my blog at jdpain.org or on Twitter, social media, Instagram. You know that both of my parents uh, passed away uh, over the past year, and so it has been a most challenging uh, year, uh, to say the least. Uh, But uh, the the promises of our Heavenly Father related to His his presence and His peace uh, that passes all understanding, uh, those, those are so true. Uh, during those times of difficulty, during those times when we do pass through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, that he is indeed there with us, and that which is uh, his peace that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, uh, it is very real. And so I just wanted to say thank you. My family is doing uh, well. I am doing well, and I appreciate uh, appreciate your concern uh, and just uh, your words of, of, of encouragement and words of prayer over the past uh, several months also. Last season, last season I promised that in season eight, we would be looking at the theme of theology of mission. 
And so that is what I plan to do. I have never done this with one particular season before. Uh, in other words, I've never had a, sort of a unifying theme. But I felt like it was very appropriate to, to do this with season eight. So part of what uh, is driving this is related to uh, the publication of one of my books that uh, came out just a few months ago, uh, Theology of Mission. Um, so back in February of this year, uh, both, uh, uh, both books, uh, Apostolic Imagination, uh, I know that I've said a great deal about that in previous seasons uh, on this podcast, and I hope that you are uh, readers of that book and you've had a chance to, to take a look at that. But uh, I have said very little about the other book that was also published in February of this year. And so uh, my book, uh, Theology of Mission, uh, that was published with Lexham Press, uh, came out. But I have not had a chance to unpack a great deal of that particular resource. And so I wanted to take this season to talk about this particular topic. I think it's a very important topic. And so um, as we go through season eight, I'm going to spend a variety of different episodes uh, talking about theology of mission uh, from, uh, from a perspective of, of moving through the various uh, categories of biblical literature. So, uh, for example, I'm going to spend some time looking at uh, mission in Torah, mission in the prophets, mission in the writings, uh, whenever uh, we uh, spend time looking at that topic in, in the Old Testament. And then when we get into the New Testament, uh, to take some episodes and break down this, uh, this theme of mission in the synoptics, in, in the fourth gospel, in the book of Acts, in the Pauline in general uh, epistles, and then also in the book of Revelation. So that's where I'm hoping uh, that we will be going over this, uh, this season. So let me, let me kind of set the, the outset of what I'm wanting to cover in episode number one. This is more of just some introductory type matters, but I think that they are very important issues that we need to keep in mind. So, so let me begin by maybe giving sort of a, of a, of a what-if situation. So what if we walked into a, a gathering of, of believers and we asked them for uh, some biblical support related to God's mission in the world? If they could give us some biblical passages related to uh, our Great Commission task, what, what do you think would be the passages that would be shared? I would say that most of you are thinking, all right, well, the Great Commission, Matthew's Great Commission account, so Matthew chapter 28, to, to go into all the world and, and make disciples of all nations. Um, maybe Acts chapter 1, verse 8, about being witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the uttermost parts of the world. Maybe, maybe something from Matthew chapter 24 about going and preaching the gospel to all nations. Um, maybe there would be some kind of nebulous reference to uh, some of Paul's work in the book of Acts, but uh, church members may not be able to give you a, a chapter and a reference. But beyond that, beyond that, what do you think you would hear? And, and so 
One of the things that I think that we find ourselves in today when it comes to this issue of theology of mission is that the, the church is basing a great deal of our Great Commission work in the world upon just a few verses of Scripture. That we, we have a few passages in mind, and, and don't get me wrong, they are solid passages, they are thoroughly biblical, and they should be a part of our theology of mission. But at the same time, is there not more in these 66 books related to the mission of God in the world that we need to build our principles from, our methods upon, and our strategies of engagement throughout the world. And, and I would say that there is a great deal, great deal of biblical support for this element of what it means to be in the world and not be of the world. And so how is it, how is it that the church over, over the centuries has primarily based our mission theology on just a few verses of Scripture for why we need to go into all the world when there are so many other passages and so that's one of the things that I want us to pursue in this season. And so what I feel like I'm trying to bring to the table in this conversation on theology of mission is that we have got to understand that the Lord is an apostolic God that sends himself into a broken and groaning creation to bring about redemption and restoration. And we see that from Genesis through Revelation. Now, I recognize, I am not the only one who is saying this, I recognize that there are uh, several excellent books out there on this topic, on theology of mission. I have been, been influenced by many of them. I, I reference many of them and, and, um, and point my students and others to many of those resources that are out there. But for the most part, those pieces of literature that are out there, they tend to be quite academic. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. But often, as is the case with such works, they're often out of the grasp of many church leaders and church members because they're so cerebral, because they're so scholarly. And so when I wrote this book, uh, Theology of Mission, a Concise uh, Biblical Theology, I wanted to, to condense things down to a level without watering things down, but to condense things down to a level whereby many people on the field and in our churches would be able to have access to a healthy understanding of a biblical theology of, of mission. So the purpose of my book and the purpose of this season is really to trace this biblical theme of mission throughout the scriptures by considering how God is glorified through the blessing of the nations. Now, what we've got to understand is that we live in a time, and it is sad to say, we live in a time whereby 
the church can be engaged in what is called missions, or we could even say the church can be engaged in what is called mission, and the gospel never be shared. In other words, we find ourselves in a day whereby the definition of some of the cherished words within church, some of the cherished words uh, have definitions that uh, lack significant substance of biblical support behind them. And at the same time, we have different groups within the church defining terms such as mission and missional and missions uh, with different definitions. So we find ourselves in, in, in a confusing situation at this point in time. So at the outset, let me, let me go ahead and give you just my very simple, and I'll make this very simple for just our sake of time, but my simple definition of, of mission. Now, there are def- different definitions that are out there, but what I am saying as we journey through these 66 books of the Bible, I'm using the notion of mission to refer to all that God has done, is doing, and will do to redeem sinful humans and recreate the cosmos into the new heaven and the new earth. So my primary way of looking at the scriptures related to this topic is is really to take an inductive exegesis that leads us to develop our biblical theology, and I'll unpack more of that as as we continue on uh, throughout uh, throughout our time together. Um, whenever you begin to to look at a, a whole Bible theology, if you will, uh, we, you know we have to admit, we have to acknowledge that uh, it is easy for us to say that when it comes to God in the Bible, that the theme that runs from Genesis to Revelation is His glory, that He He glorifies Himself, and, and that that is absolutely true. I, I do not I do not deny that. But I want to get a little bit more specific, and I, I want to, to ask the question, well, how does he do that? You know, how does that practically happen? And I think one of the big sub-themes underneath that notion of God's glory among the nations uh, that runs throughout the Bible is that we begin to see this notion of, of how God is working to bless the nations, how God is working to, to bless the image bearers uh, that make up planet Earth. And what I see running throughout the scriptures is what I refer to as a pattern of purpose, a pattern of purpose. And, and I think that there is this particular pattern that repeats itself throughout the scriptures in relation to God's mission to bless the nations. And it looks something like this, and we'll see this unpacked over the next several episodes. And that is, what it, it begins with the notion of, of being sent into the world. And so whether that is God sending himself into the garden with Adam and Eve, or whether that is God sending Abraham into the world, or whether he's sending Israel uh, into the world to build uh, the temple there in Mount Zion, or whether he is he's sending uh, the the son into the world, whether it's the son sending his disciples into the world. What we, what we see in this pattern of purpose is that there is someone who is being sent into the fallen world, and the second aspect of the pattern of pur- purpose 
is that they proclaim hope through judgment. They proclaim a message of hope through judgment. There, that there is a hope that can be experienced in the present, and there is a hope that is an eschatological hope that's in the distant future. But in order to experience that hope that comes from the Creator, there has to be an element of judgment. So we see that showing up. The, the next thing in the pattern of purpose is the entering of re- into relationship. So someone is sent, the message of hope through judgment is proclaimed, and in order to experience, in order to experience blessing from the Creator, it requires relationship. And so one enters into relationship by embracing this message of hope through judgment. And the hope through judgment message shows up in a variety of different ways, but practically it shows up through repentance and, and trust in the God who speaks. And so following the embracing of the hope through judgment message, one enters into relationship with this creator. And the next part of the pattern of purpose is that they begin to receive blessings, uh, that God's face shines upon those that are in relationship with him. His face shines upon them in, in the present moment. But then they, and this is the next part of the pattern of purpose, they are then called to live out a particular kingdom ethic, a particular way of life that tells them how they, in their relationship, are to relate to their Creator, uh, how they're to relate to other people that are uh, embracing this message of hope through judgment, and how they're to relate to others in the world that have yet to embrace or have not embraced this message of hope through judgment. And then part of that, which is the repetition of this pattern of purpose, means that they are returned into the world to again, proclaim the message that they have embraced, the message of hope through judgment. And so we'll see that pattern uh, show up time and time again throughout our next several episodes together. Uh, Of course, one of the things that I talk about in this book is the importance of a missional hermeneutic. Now, this is nothing new with me. As you well know, uh, there have been many writing and talking about this particular topic for some time. Now, one of the things that we have to understand, and I know this is going to be difficult for some of us to believe, uh, it it is the issue that when it comes to the theology of mission, the church, the church has not become very serious about this topic when it comes to wrestling through various details of it. Um, Throughout church history, the church never became very serious until about the 20th century. So while we go back in history and we can look at all kinds of different issues, theological issues that have received a great deal of time and attention, when it comes to the issue of the theology of mission, uh, it was only in about the 1930s that you begin to see serious discussions, serious writings beginning to develop. And that would lead into matters related to the the conversation of, of Missio Dei, uh, it would begin in the 30s with Karl Barth, Karl Hartenstein, and others. The World Council of Churches were involved in that process. 
Uh, fast forward, bring us all the way up to in the late 90s, the, the missional church movement. But the reality is, is that we don't even have a century, a century behind us of serious theological discussion related to this topic. And there's a reason why that has occurred. I talk about that in my book, Apostolic Imagination, uh, but I don't have time to, to get into it in this particular session. Uh, all that to say is that this hermeneutic, a missional hermeneutic, is, is very important. It's, you know, Chris, Christopher Wright, in, um, in some of his writing, he talks about a missional hermeneutic being like a, a road map uh, that um, does not provide all the details of the landscape, but it helps us uh, see the entire biblical terrain and help us navigate through it. Uh, you know, we have to acknowledge that while there is a great deal of unity uh, across these 66 books, there is a great deal of diversity across these 66 books as well. And so uh, a missional hermeneutic does not solve all of our interpretive uh, challenges that are before us, um, but we have to understand that the Bible was indeed birthed in the context of God carrying out His purpose in the world to redeem a people for Himself and restore a groaning creation. And so, so we cannot neglect this approach to uh, interpreting uh, the Scriptures. Uh, you know, I think a healthy uh, missional hermeneutic is Christocentric, and that it is a missional approach to examining the Scriptures. In other words, uh, we are going to look at the Bible in their historical and cultural context, in the literature of the Bible in the historical and cultural context, uh, with the person and work of Christ and the mission of God as the central key to proper understanding of the biblical story. And so uh, keeping that in mind is very important as we journey in our time together through the next several episodes related to theology of mission. One of the things that troubles me today is the lack of serious interaction that missiologists and Bible scholars and theologians have with one another. Um, we, we tend to see the problems showing up when the discussions in theological and missiological circles look very different from one another, I would say, in almost, in almost uh, um, as if the other side is not even being considered. So, for instance, if you think about this, um, in many biblical and theological studies, for example, focusing on, let's just pick, let's just pick uh, ecclesiology. So if you think about a lot of theological and biblical studies focusing on the church itself, um, sometimes mission is, is sort of seen as this um, outsider. And the study and the conversations have primarily been upon interchurch dynamics, interchurch matters, if you will. But if you also look at church history and you look at where missionaries and mission thinkers have been, and I kind of mentioned this at the outset of this episode, uh, when it comes to the way that they have looked at texts and looked at the world, uh, when it comes to God's mission, and that is um, oftentimes they have lacked serious biblical study and have often turned uh, the mission of God and what the church is supposed to be engaging in 
uh, into things that are very overtly simplified, and even proof texting. We see a great deal of that, that um, we find a few verses to proof text our arguments, our convictions about God and his mission uh, in the world. So a missional hermeneutic is something that I think is very important. It's something that that I talk about, and we will be discussing it over the past, the next several episodes, but I I recognize it's not a panacea. Um, This, following this pattern of of interpretation, it's not going to resolve all the interpretive challenges that we see in the Old and the New Testaments, but I would say that we have to, to think in mind and keep in mind about God and his true character, Uh, that if the sovereign God is true to who he is, then he is able to allow for healthy diversity and, and unity to coexist in his scriptures. So consider, for example, in the artistic musical world, if you will, a Van Gogh portfolio or maybe a, a Mozart uh, symphonic repertoire. Uh, those works were created over the lifetimes of those uh, artists. Uh, they display a great deal of variation based on the periods of their compositions. Uh, however, if we look at both of these approaches, the stylistic aspects of each artist run throughout their works. Uh, it's possible to extract their creations at any moment in their careers and observe the unifying stylistic features in view of diversity and change. And so I would say that as we look at the Bible, when we come to the scriptures to interpret it in light of, of God's mission in the world, if God is a God of mission, then this aspect of his nature and functions should be found across the pages of biblical revelation that extend over a very lengthy period of time, that extend across a variety of geographical contexts that are written and developed through the the writing styles and personalities of a variety of different authors. So the notion of approaching the scriptures from a missional perspective, I think is very critical for all of us today, whether we call ourselves an Old Testament scholar, a New Testament scholar, a missiologist, a pastor, a teacher, whatever, an evangelist, it doesn't matter. I think that this is a very central approach that we need to take when it comes to looking at the scriptures and what God is doing. Uh, in light of our study of theology proper and ecclesiology and hamartiology and pneumatology and the variety of uh, doctrines that we see that are out there. And so the mission of God clearly belongs to God, but the scriptures come with the expectations that the people of God will engage with his mission. And so I would say that as we journey together over the next several episodes, thinking about this topic of the theology of mission, uh, I hope and pray that uh, we would learn a great deal from what we encounter. I hope and pray that uh, this would not just be an academic exercise uh, dealing with lofty concepts, but that it would lead us to the practical uh, application of what it means to live uh, as one who is created in the image of God, who has embraced a message of hope through judgment, entered into relationship with Him, experiencing His blessings, living according to the kingdom ethic, and taking this message into the world wherever He takes us. Hey folks, thanks so much for listening. Uh, hope you'll join me in this journey over the next several episodes. I look forward to being with you. Take care. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Penn. You can find J.D. on Instagram, Facebook, or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Penny. 
And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite Android app or at iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.